0: So I, I have a deep respect for uh, police work and I'm, I'm super fascinated by it. Like I'm fascinated by true crime. I'm fascinated by the work that um, police officers do. I think it's mostly just because I'm fascinated by human behavior and what, what causes people to make decisions and all that. But, um, so what, have you always wanted to be a police officer or what kind of led that to happen?
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. I was quite <laughs> a criminal when I was younger, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've been I've been, I've been, arrested a bunch you know I've kind of lived on both sides of the police car front seat and the back seat um, <laughs> there you go I was, you know and, and no and never in my entire life growing up did I think I want to be a policeman or a fireman or, or military I was just like always out goofing around having a good time and then when I became a, a young adult probably started like really partying around like 17 and just was a red blooded young american man who you know just wanted to go out and have a good time and got into some trouble some minor trouble nothing crazy obviously because i became a police officer one day and obviously if you're a felon you can't ever carry a gun but did my shared misdemeanors um
2: hi my name is scott switzer and i am the clydesdale crossfitter my friends amy radowski charlie Odie and i we love the sport of crossfit We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit Games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. I'm Scott Schweitzer. I am the Clydesdale Crossfitter, and I have with me, uh, it's a Just Amy edition again.
0: Just Amy, here I am again. Charlie's taking care of bath time tonight, so.
2: He is, and uh, just so you guys all know, we just finished watching Wadapalooza uh, literally minutes ago and then hopped on the phone to record a quick quick uh, Wadapalooza recap for you. So, But what we're going to do first is we're actually, uh, we interviewed Freddie Camacho uh, a week ago, seems like just yesterday. Um, And we talked to him about a variety of subjects, including the fact that he had just come out public a couple weeks ago, stating that he was an alcoholic and that he was proud that he was, uh, I think at the time we talked to him, he was six weeks sober.
0: Yeah. Taking a vow of sobriety.
2: Yeah. And that he uh, is feeling really good and it, overall it's helping him feel better, but why don't we just let him tell you that? <laughs> so we'll uh, we'll get to that interview now, and we'll talk to you about Wadapalooza when we're done with that. Hey, Freddie, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, good. Glad to be here. How's it going on your side?
2: Real well. We actually are getting sunshine for the first time in a couple days, uh, and it's oh. actually warming up a bit. We had some snow and ice yeah. earlier in the week.
1: The vitamin D is always nice.
2: It is. So so for our audience <laughs> out there, um, you're probably best known as China Cho's husband, but in fact, <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, you are actually a games athlete yourself. How many times were you actually at the games? Um,
1: counting the pay to play games of 07, 08, and no, 09, seven times.
2: Seven times. That's awesome. Um, and so y- you've had a lot of experience there. Uh, what, what, what was your experience like at the games?
1: I don't know. Like which one? <laughs> they were, they were all so different. I mean, especially the first couple of years when it was just like a big fitness party, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I mean, a little bit more serious even in, 0, in 08 and then 09 right before they moved to Carson when they bring in the big giant screen and all that change. But uh, it, that question kind of hard because it's just, it's different. Everything, every single year had, a different experience because I was different or the venue was different or the, you know, the way they had it set up was different. So, um, every time was fun though. that's what matters.
2: Yeah. So you went as like just a straight individual, the first few years and eventually you moved into the master's division.
1: Um, I was individual seven and Oh eight. Those were like the both definitely the pay to play individual years. And then, 2009 was the first year they had any kind of qualifier, and I just missed calling out, qualifying at the NorCal sectional. So I ended up going team that year, and the team was still a pay to play in 2009.
2: Oh. And then after
1: that, 2000, 2011, or was it 2010? It was the 2011, because China made it in 2010. I didn't make it that year. And then the Masters started when they started the age group at the masters at the games was 2011. So that's when I went, started going masters. Well,
2: let me ask you this. Is it harder going as a, as you, as an individual yourself or is it harder supporting China through what she's doing?
1: It's harder to support China by far. <laughs> I believe it's, that. Like, it's not, not even a comparison, man. Like, well, I mean, you gotta, kind of. it's kind of crazy. Like, uh we've been to every single games one either one either one of us has been competing in every single game since it started except for 2013 that was the only year that neither one of us made it so we have a, a lot of support for each other but her story was just like a much harder road than my story was so she made it in 2010 and then missed 2011 2012 2013 like and literally not just like Missed it by a long shot. We're talking like she tied in 2011 and lost the tiebreaker for third place. She, she missed it by like three points in 2012 and was like six or seven points. I mean, it was like fifth or sixth place in 2013, but only like four or five points out of qualifying. So that was some real heartache until she made it. And that was a lot
2: to go through. (laughs) I I remember when she finally, um, cleared that hurdle and like everybody just went ecstatic uh because she's Mm. such a popular athlete
1: yeah i cried a lot that day yeah (laughs) and i think (laughs) i'm
0: sure just the anxiety though of, of being the support for somebody is a different adrenaline rush than from you working out yourself in the game
1: yeah absolutely i mean i don't know if you guys have kids or anything but the same thing is like the same kind of like love you have for your kid you know you i mean obviously you wife and kid different things but you still have that super proud when they do great anxiety when they're not doing great you know what i mean and like stress and everything that goes with it and you have to be there for their highs and their lows and so like I, I mean it's not a unique thing that i'm doing i'm sure a lot of parents out there can relate to the same thing or other spouses
0: Yeah, like if I watch my son playing football, like I know like if it's the playoff games, like I can barely watch because I'm sitting so anxious. And it doesn't matter to me the the end result, but just the actual watching and feeling like his anxiousness makes me anxious to watch.
1: Right, but it's always good when they do well.
2: Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes, it's (laughs) much easier
0: for sure. Yes. (laughs) So, what actually got you into CrossFit?
1: Um, so I've been working out since I was like 13 years old. Very competitive in sports. Uh, I started training in martial arts kind of late in the game, and then like in my in my 30s, and then actually started ring fighting. Like had 11 fights, um, all in my 30s. And the guys that I were cornerman with, we started our own. Like, our whole goal was to have this like fight training gym. They were all longtime martial artists, and um. I was rolling with our jitsu guy one day, and he was this little 150-pound dude. And I was like, damn, dude, you're strong. How, how did you get so strong? And he's like, oh, I do CrossFit. I'm like, what the – I was still going to 24-hour fitness like five days a week. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell is CrossFit? And he's like, go look it up on the website. And, man, I'm literally if I hadn't asked him that day, like mm-hmm. I don't know when. I imagine someday I might have probably gotten into CrossFit. But, I mean, this is this was 2006. You know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah, I might have been a lot later in the game, but I literally like went on the website, watched it for like just read everything was on it for every night for like a week or two. Built a rig, um, did my first workout March twenty eighth two thousand six, and I've
2: been doing CrossFit mm-hmm. ever since. So you're like the OG of the OGs.
1: <laughs> I was when I affiliated in that that year. I was the 89th affiliate ever.
0: Wow! Wow, that's yeah. awesome.
1: Which is kind of crazy, like if you think about it, because I think there's over like 14, 15,000 affiliates now, or some shit like that. I don't know, but yeah.
2: it's a lot. And yeah. so, and so, oh, kind of
1: like kind of cool. Yeah,
2: and and so, in your real life, you were a police officer, correct?
1: That is true. I was a police officer the entire time I was doing CrossFit. So I uh, started police work, went to the academy when I was, I think, 34ish and uh, i just retired in october of 2018
2: well just recently you made a post uh on your social media about a story that happened during your t- your career as a police officer and um i was so entranced by that story uh <laughs> yeah, i think i read it twice story.
1: uh it was uh there was a lot of details that I didn't put in there obviously i could i could have wrote you know, much longer story about that than, and you know, it is with Facebook, people only read a paragraph or two and then turn it off. But there's a lot of interaction that happened that I didn't explain during our standoff and stuff like that, and thoughts that went through my head and crazy stuff like that. But definitely, uh, it was a, it's a crazy, like such a feel good story. You know what I mean? And, and I was weird. Like everybody was a lot of people commenting and I appreciate that. They're all like, Oh, thank you. You're a great dude. That's awesome. Blah, blah. Thanks. Good job. Thank you for your service. And I'm all fixed. This story wasn't about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about him, man. Like, like unbelievable. He's at the rock bottom. He gets shot. He freaking bounces back and like completely turns his life around. I mean, this guy was straight homeless. Even out right after he got shot at I me, mean, stuff I didn't put in there, like, I'd still see him around, and he was living across the street from that liquor store at another, like, wasn't a liquor store, but was some other strip mall thing. Like, he was living behind there next to their dumpster for a good a year and a half or so after that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to put all these freaking details in there about him, but I never saw him in a car. He was always on a bike afterwards. The next thing I know, he's in a car, and, like, he had a car, and the next thing I know, he's got a work truck, and, like, oh, man, it was just, it's just an incredible story.
0: Yeah, about how he turned
1: his life around. And yeah, that was Yeah, absolutely. Was great. Like, I mean, who you? I never would have. I mean, and the thing about, like, one of the reasons why I finally decided to retire when I did, I, I was planning on working another couple years, and I ended up getting a job in corporate. But the last three years that I was with the police department, I was on a special assignment. I had my own unit. Um, we were the community-oriented police and problem-solving unit. But literally the last, like, year and a half homelessness is homelessness is just getting so rampant out here, um, the crisis that is homelessness. Like I spent basically my last two years being the homeless police, so I was just dealing with homeless people all the time. And I'm gonna tell you, his story's way unique, it, like, for sure. It, yeah, it, it's just like it's I don't see it. Like I, the same guys that I was dealing with when I started, some some guys, some of the homeless people that are out here, I was dealing with them seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. You know what I mean? The same people, and they're still homeless, doing the exact same thing. So his story is like super special, I think.
2: And and for those who didn't read the story, um, there was a homeless man who um, basically attempted suicide by police as I think how you put it in the story um, and mm-hmm. threat and threatened the, the police. You actually shot him. He went down, you find out it's a fake gun. Um, and, but he survived the shooting and eventually came back to, Uh, be a productive person in society doing handyman work uh, in California, correct?
1: Yeah, he's got his own, he's got his own like 15 foot box truck and he's like just super proud of it. And he's like working like I would see him. It was weird because I go to Home Depot and and somebody's like, wow, you should go to Home Depot a lot. But I mean, I have a gym, so I do a lot of projects at the gym. And I I was just like seeing the last maybe like five, six months, uh, I've seen him at Home Depot like at least three, three, four times. And he's just like, a full car, like tons of stuff he's buying for projects or whatever. And he's got a shopping list. And I'm like, dude, the dude's like, that's so freaking awesome. You know, I just, I had to meet him. Like literally we never, he never knew, he only knew my name, but he never knew me or what I look like. And the, and over the years I like literally like he's walking out of the store. I'm walking in like literally we brush shoulders and never spoke to him. He never knew who I was. Um, there were some times out on the street when after a year or two, the first, you know, two years where they're like, Yeah, he's either drunk and really happy that he didn't die or he's drunk and he's talking shit that you can't shoot. He's like, eh, come on, you can't shoot for shit like you know <laughs> what I mean? Like he should have killed me or you know, whatever and so Yeah, no, I like I just finally was like, Man, I gotta go talk to this guy and it was just weird. It was weird and crazy and awesome all at the same time.
0: So I, I have a deep respect for uh, police work and I'm I'm super fascinated by it. Like I'm fascinated by true crime. I'm fascinated by the work that um, police officers do. I think it's mostly just because I'm fascinated by human behavior and what, what causes people to make decisions and all that. But, um, so what, have you always wanted to be a police officer or what kind of led that to happen?
1: (laughs) Absolutely not. I was like a criminal when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I've think been, I've, been, I've been arrested a bunch, you know, I've kind of lived on both sides of the police car front seat and the back seat. There um, you go. I was, you know, and, and no, and never in my entire life growing up did I think I want to be a policeman or a fireman or, or military. I was just like always out goofing around having a good time. And then when I became a, A young adult probably started like really partying around like 17 and just was a red blooded young American man who, you know, just wanted to go out and have a good time and got into some trouble, some minor trouble, nothing crazy, obviously, because I became a police officer one day. And obviously, if you're a felon, you can't ever carry a gun. But did my share of misdemeanors um, and all of a sudden at about 22, 23, decided it was time to grow up. And after about, I don't know, I was in my, I was definitely in my 30s because I started police work in 30, at 34. At 33, I was training martial arts with a bunch of guys that were cops. They're like, hey, why don't you become a cop? I was like, okay. And uh, I was married before my ex wife was, I went home and go, hey, I'm going to try to become a cop. And she's like, (laughs) she like literally laughed in my face. She goes, she's like, uh, I I knew you when you were younger. You're never going to get hired. And I ended up getting hired in in like three months, which is which is pretty like crazy to get hired that quick. And uh, and I remember the first day of the academy, I'm like <laughs> I'm in the wrong spot. What did I do? Because you go around the room and everybody introduces yourself and every single person was like, I wanted to be a cop. since I was a baby. <laughs> and and I just stood up and I was all, "I decided to be a cop about three, four months ago and gone, here I am. And I just sat down <laughs> and I'm all boys. This is, is going to be a long five and a half months. I think I really screwed up. And uh, I did actually did pretty good. I finished first in the Academy. I was, was kind of surprised. There you go nice yeah so cool. now i did so the long story short is no i did not want to be a cop my entire <laughs> life but it was the best job ever the best job ever
2: well you probably did so well because you knew what the criminals were thinking
1: <laughs> no absolutely it helps and, and that's i think where we're at uh we're at a at a time in uh in police work i don't know about uh are you guys are you guys in tennessee
2: we're actually in columbus ohio
1: Okay, you guys are in Ohio, so I don't I don't really know about the scope of police work everywhere else in the country, but like right here in the Bay Area, we're really having a problem with like why would I want to be a police officer, have somebody want to shoot at me when I can go and get a degree in basket weaving and go work for a Silicon Valley company and make just as much money, if not more. So we're getting a lot of like hard to get good candidates, but even the ones that we do get are super, super young, a lot younger than um, what we saw in the past. And I think you miss on that. Like, life, I had a lot of life experience coming into police work, to say the least. So um, it was a super easy adjustment for me. I kind of, like, took to it like a fish to water and uh, did well, I think. So for me, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but it's definitely tougher nowadays, I think.
0: Well, I think definitely being in the CrossFit, you know, field, we definitely run into a lot of people at our gym who we actually have several who are, are training or trying to get into the academy. And then we have several, um, we have some campus police officers and we also have some um, S- city of Columbus police officers too. So, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah. it's, it's uh yeah, great to have around and, and it's been fun to help some of the athletes um, as a coach, some of the athletes to train for their PT tests.
1: Yeah, I hope that you make the big push for them. And it's tough, but the big push for them is to keep that training going even when they become a police officer. And it's hard when you start because you get stuck with all the long hours and the crappy shifts. And But one thing for me, I always had my entire police career was fitness and working. I owned a gym almost, not the entire time, but the last – almost 13 years that I worked so I had something outside of police work. As a matter of fact, I didn't hang out with cops. Um I'd go out drink with the guys on special occasions and stuff like that, but I didn't have any buddies that were cops. I didn't hang out with cops even though I live in the, co- the city where I I was a cop, but I always had the gym and that always tied me up and I always had my fitness so like, a lot of people talk about PTSD and how stressful police work is and stuff like that. But if you have those outside, those things outside of police work, you, I, personally, I believe that you don't have those issues with PTSD and, and just stress overall about the job. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: And the community of, of the members there to help with those.
1: Yeah, it's, it's 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 cool to just, like, check out, go home, check out, and then when you go back to work, then check back in, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: So now you work for Tesla. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. <laughs> a wild and crazy world of Tesla.
0: So my dad, who is a member of the gym, he's um, 74, but he is obsessed with Teslas and, you know, was on the like waiting list, waiting list for the Model S and or Model 3. Um, but yeah, so, so tell us what it's like working for Tesla.
1: It's a... Uh... It's weird. I don't know. Maybe maybe you guys are familiar with corporate or anything like that. But I've been in law enforcement for I was eighteen years law enforcement, and then all of a sudden get plopped into a corporate world, which is completely different. Um, so I've had to watch my like people don't get my kind of demented cop humor sometimes or <laughs> stuff like that. And you got to kind of watch what you say a little bit more and. <laughs> um but otherwise the job is super easy like it's there's like i'm in security management right Mm -hmm. i'm associate manager of security for the entire factory and there's there's just things like me that people perceive as fires i think they're more like somebody lit a birthday candle and i can just blow it out you know what i mean yeah so it's it's a it's an adjustment but um I'm not gonna lie, the pace the is pretty good, and I get a pension too. So, perfect. I'm going to milk. I'm gonna milk milking for another couple of years, and then Shine and I, I think we're gonna move to Hawaii. So, we're oh. out of here. so <laughs> do you drive a Tesla? I do at work. Okay. It's it's amazing car. Yeah, it, it, it's a. It is. It is absolutely just like electric well i just like to drive fast i've always matter of fact one of the things with my criminal behavior when i was younger was irresponsibility behind the steering wheel of a car um and i got arrested for numerous like driving things but i just like to go fast like in another life i'm sure i was a race car driver and it was probably what i should have did like ricky bobby but, um <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh, but if you want to feel just like a thrill ride is a, is a Tesla, a high performance Tesla. When you punch the pedal, it's just like, definitely cool.
2: Awesome. Well, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is, is publicly on your social media accounts. You have, uh, announced that you are now sober. And so, yes. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you what, what kind of brought you to that moment to, to share this with, with everyone
1: um well i just had to make that decision like so it's you know i told you i was like my younger days i was kind of rough around the edges and i've always been kind of a substance abuser person like drank a lot I know my first drink was when i was like just turned 17 and, and then got into drugs you know did some did all pretty much did it every drug you can think of without having stuck a needle in my arm um and then, like I said, I decided to grow up. And at one point, i I quit it. I quit drinking. Like I stopped drugs early. I like st- that was just kind of like a couple of year phase where I did a lot of experimenting, goofing around, and being stupid. Um, but I, I I continued still drinking after that. And then I stopped drinking for like seven years. As a matter of fact, my first agency that I worked for was six years across the bay. and I never I didn't drink then. So when I met some of those people. I started drinking again when I started CrossFit, of all things. Like, <laughs> like, go figure, right? right. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I was seven years sober and then started drinking again when I started CrossFit. And then, so, like, the guys that I first worked with at first agency, I went to a wedding or something like that. And they were all freaking out because I was drinking. Like, I got pretty drunk, actually. Um, <clears throat> but, basically, since so, what I've been doing CrossFit almost 14 years next month, I've been drinking pretty hardcore for 14 years. It just escalated to like drinking regularly, regularly making bad decisions. I did a lot of stupid things when I look back at it, you think about it. And probably most people that drink regular um, can look back in their life and go pretty much everything that ever bad happened to me happened while I was drinking. So it just got going to be a accumulation for me. I had a went out one night and, was really lost fucking control one night and that next day or i was just like well i gotta make some changes and for me i'm when i do something i i go in full i'm i'm all in you know what i mean so it's actually kind of been pretty easy i'm lucky because i definitely am an alcoholic it kind of just runs on one side of my family and i believe that it can run in your family so made that decision and like man i can't tell you how good i feel (laughs) who would have thought you feel so much better not drinking alcohol
0: right i bet you're sleeping so (laughs) much better now too
1: everything is better i mean right like the first cut the first actually the first week or two was tough i had a lot of problems sleeping because you know at least three four nights a week i was like not drunk off my ass blackout vomiting and shit like that but I drank, and when you drink, it's a little bit easier to sleep. You don't get good sleep, but it's easier to sleep. So my first couple of weeks, probably the first two weeks, I really had a lot of hard time getting to sleep, falling asleep. That um, got that dialed in now. My sleep is, like, way better. Just And it took me about just this last week, I've just really started to have a lot of mental clarity. Like, I don't have this, like, fog. Yeah. Like, everything, yeah, just thinking better and, like, So much more productive. Like you think I was handling, I was going to work. I don't, I'm a stickler about being on time. I'm not late. I was still working out even when I was been hungover most of the day. Um, But now I'm just like, everything's humming. You know what I mean? I'm just humming. My workouts are better. I feel better. Not hungover ever. It's like life is grand.
2: Well, it's funny as as someone who follows your social media, like the tone of your post just changed dramatically in the last few weeks. Uh I think probably mm-hmm. as you got that mental clarity and maybe you're feeling better, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Plus well I'm feeling you're feeling better. Plus you're just like who knows how many times I'm gonna go back and look at all my posts on Instagram or Facebook or comments I made to people, how many of those were made when I was buzzed, you know what I mean? Um so now everything is just like you said, yeah clear thoughts, straight thoughts, thinking, probably thinking, thinking much more before I'm speaking or uh, definitely.
2: Yeah. Well, we're, we're just happy for you. I know uh, when I met you at the Mayhem Classic, you would have just been starting that sobriety. Um, I started that weekend.
1: Like that was the, yeah, that was the weekend. Uh, The Friday night we had gone or the night we had gone out before that. It was just like, that was just the tip of the eye. That was just, the straw that broke the camel's back and uh so i had been I think that weekend I was like I was only like like three or four days into sobriety which is weird, right? I mean like talking about putting myself to the test right when I right when I decided to go sober. So I decided to go sober, China had left town. I decided to go sober. So a couple of days by herself and literally like trying to leave town and I was just I like go do everything I need to go go to work, go work out go to the gym and coach a couple hours at night and then go home and then just watch tv and drink you know what i mean and then wake up feeling like crap the next day um so i was home alone didn't drink which was weird for me and then i fly to to the uh the classic and first thing sarge says to me is like we have free alcohol and free beer in the freaking in, in in the VIP area, and I got one of the kegs. IPA got it just for you. Oh, and I'm like sorry, bro, not drinking, right? And China's China still drinks, so like she still drinks um, a bottle of wine or more, like two to three nights a um, a week, and I'll pour it for her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and um, yeah, so it hasn't been a it hasn't been anything like I like. Uh, I mean, I'm not, I'm not. Like I support anyone who's trying to go through sobriety and I understand a lot of people have a lot of hard time with it. I've had a, you would be surprised how many people reached out to me privately and talk about how they struggle with it. You know what I mean? And I feel kind of bad because I'm like, oh, this hasn't been a struggle for me at all. And, um, but I'm like, Hey, you know, if anything I can do for you, but just keep up the good fight. You know what I mean? So been kind of lucky, I guess.
2: Well, it's funny. Um, I'm actually pretty good friends with Sarge. We worked uh, security at some events uh, through the past Mm -hmm. years, and uh, he's always been a bad influence, so...
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, actually, normally when I go and hang out with like the first time, like the first time I ran into those guys, I like, got a chance to surround them and they're like, hey, we got some beers for you if you want some. And I was like, and that was at um, the Rogue Invitational. And I'm like, cool. And they go like, what? You...? And I was like, oh, Coors Light. And I'm like, oh, you guys are not enablers at all. I can't drink that <laughs> 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 Coors Light, come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, that's all senior old drink is Coors Light.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: that's all right, though. Oh, yeah. okay. it's yeah. it, it Maybe so- I should have drank more Coors Light. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it sounds like part, one of your, you know, personality traits, though, I mean, is this personality of, of, of grit, you know, like you were, uh, a, you know, dabbling into being a criminal and then you decided to turn your life around and you went all in. Um, getting into CrossFit and then um, putting that grit in and then becoming an athlete. Um, so it sounds like that's also just one of your personality traits that helps you to... Be able to achieve that um, and and achieve your sobriety right now.
1: Yeah, I I, I mean I guess I mean I I don't know what to call it. <laughs> I I I think I'm lucky. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. So kind of kind of crazy. We'll, we'll just kind of think about
2: it. We'll, we'll kind of finish up with this. Um, I know I know you know China's with the mayhem team, and and you are a big supporter of your wife. Uh, mm-hmm. Because because you're in corporate now, are you able to go? To as many events as you'd like.
1: Um, um, me not going to events really doesn't have to do too much with work. Um, it's more the gym. Uh, um, because we own the gym, we've uh, I uh, we've had Good for You CrossFit, and we don't have partners like before. We got we started Good for You CrossFit, which we started in 2017, late 2017, I think. Uh, we're at we're at the two year mark, so whatever the math is for that, um. We don't have partners now. We have some great, co- a couple of great coaches that work for us. So they covered. Definitely, when we're gone, but somebody's kind of got to stay behind and run the show. And I mean, yeah, and definitely, I just can't bail out of work whenever I want. You know what I mean? It was a lot more flexible when uh, I was at the PD and I was a sergeant, and I had a lot of tenure. And then I'm not a guy that has ever needed to work overtime to have money in my pocket. So I always took, I always, and I still do it. Is I take. Over time, and, and I'd rather get comp time off, time off instead of getting paid for it. You get actually more bang for your buck that way if you think about it. Um, so I've always just had time on the banks and able to travel when I need to. So I am am going to Waterpalooza on Thursday uh, oh, cool. and I'll be there. For, and we, yeah, we fly back on Monday. But like she's got some of her other events. I didn't go to London, obviously, and I won't go. <clears throat> um, I think they're they're thinking they might go and do Madrid just because the prize money is the same amount as the games. Ooh! So I probably I wouldn't go to that, but I'm gonna probably go to the Rogue Invitational, and then that'll be deal. The, and then the West Coast Classic, it's on the West Coast, so definitely gonna go to that. But well, it's only using a couple of days a week, so it's not too bad.
0: Well, we'll be at the Rogue Invitational. It's pretty nice that it's just right down the street from us, so. <laughs>
1: yeah that was awesome of it. man like i remember china and i went to the rogue warehouse and pss, it was like we were out in columbus to go and do the um the power the power lifting thing with louis oh yeah Louis's yeah gym. louis yeah west <laughs> yeah. barbell yeah, and then so we went and worked out at the Rogue Warehouse that one uh, one of the days. And I thought it was pretty crazy then how big it was. I was like, wow, this place is giant. And then they had a whole area in there that was just like everything you could possibly play with. And we just had the place to ourselves and we worked out for like an hour or two hours. And now I see the warehouse and I was all like, Woo! holy smokes, this is incredibly built in an arena inside of the warehouse. And I was like, oh, yeah, this it's pretty awesome. fantastic. Yeah, and you know what's funny is like I remember when Rogue first started out in oh, the 09 games, they gave me a banner. I, remember, I still I think I have the banner somewhere, and it was the jet fighter one. Um yeah. I don't know if you guys ever yeah. saw that one. Just like the the pilot, like the pilot, and I don't know. I remember what it says, like "Built for Speed" or something like that, or I don't know. But yeah, I remember when they first started out. I remember when I was there when you know when Katie won the games. It was like. It's craziness! How things, how what CrossFit has done for people, and just how big it is, and all the opportunities. I and mean, all the opportunities I've had to travel all over the world—all everything is related to CrossFit, you know.
2: So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you going to work medical team at all the rest of the year? Was that just for your friends at Mayhem?
1: Um, I might. Well, I'm hooked up with Cameron. Um, if you know Cameron. Oh yeah. So he gets like kind of a medical tie-in. the, the the crossfit nomad the mayor of crossfit as he introduced himself to some people i was watching say that but uh he has a lot of tie-ins on medical teams so we've done the medical team at the trail run i did the medical team at the games. so we'll, i'll probably do the games again this year i'm thinking that they're going to ask me from what i understand that um, i'm welcome once you do it once you're pretty much tied in with the crew so it's, a, I mean, ain't gonna me wrong. People like laughing. They're like, what do you know about that guy? I'm, I'm actually trained pretty much in BLS, basic life saving, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I'll take care of you. You know what I mean? Uh, even though on the streets, I always did cop first aid, which was just, hey, stand by the fire department. will be here in a second. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So now I do know, I do know my basic life saving skills. And, and um, it was actually really cool because I got like, and the, the team that I was on for the games, I pretty much got to go carte blanche everywhere at the games. I got to see all China's events. And so that was cool. Um, but I, I don't know if he has any other events. Anytime that I'm there, I'll definitely will help out. It's like, and I was like, well, what are you doing volunteering for the games as medics? And I'm like, Hey man, the games gave a lot to me and now I'm getting my chance to give a little back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
2: yeah, that, that volunteer crew is unbelievable. Uh, we've talked dude, about it. Little it's little work. Bit. Yeah. And it's what it's sexually, definitely work six mm-hmm. six seven hundred deep of volunteers making that thing yeah, run.
1: Yeah, it's, it is really incredible. A matter of fact, when I went to the briefing for the medic team that, um, at the games, and just like these people are going around, and the people that mostly stay like in the clinic and whatnot, they're like introducing themselves, and you've got like these like world class orthopedic surgeons, and that's what Ron said. A, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, this one dude stands up, and he's like. I'm a firefighter and a doctor in Brazil. I'm always <laughs> just all like, like, not just one. I'm two. Right. And, I'm all like, and he was active in both. I was just all like, wow, damn, that's crazy, right? And then all the volunteers. When you go into the cafeteria, where all the volunteers, where they feed the volunteers, it's just like it's quite the show. And I imagine it's like, like you never think about that, but because we only watch things on TV. But I could imagine like the volunteers that they must have for the Olympics. And, you know, you start thinking about like, wow, like, you know, for the Olympics, this would be really crazy. Um, the X games, things like that. So definitely cool.
2: Well, we just want to, uh, thank you so much for taking some time to to talk to us and, uh, yeah,
1: man, thanks for having me. This was fun.
2: Yeah. It was great
0: talking to you and getting to know you and hearing your story.
2: And we wish you and you and China good luck on the season.
1: I'll buy you guys a root beer in Ohio. All right. That
0: All right, sounds cool.
2: good. <laughs> All right. we know I know some good draft root beer places, It's so there's some good stuff here.
0: I'll put ice cream in mine. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool.
2: <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon, Freddie. All
0: right. Cool. Bye. Bye.
2: Yeah, that was a great interview with Freddie. I'm glad he took some time out with us, and he was very frank and honest about what he's been going through. Uh, And he was very frank and honest about the question you asked him about wanting to be a police officer, don't you think? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I mean, super easy to talk to. Fun, fun guy. I love to hang out with him. Great guy.
2: Yeah. Great guy. And uh, I know he was down at Wadapalooza this week to cheer on his wife. I saw some of his Instagram posts from there. So let's get into Wadapalooza.
0: Actually, speaking of that, that was funny. I just noticed what he just wrote right now where he said that he he got on the... um, on the, I don't know, court field, uh, on the floor, floor for the final event. And he said, I found a leak in the security and I got in there. <laughs> so you could get done." I made me laugh. Cause I'm thinking, yeah, I know where you found that leak. I know those people.
2: Yeah. So, so overall, um, what, what did you think of the broadcast?
0: So actually I, I really, um, I liked the broadcast. I was actually pretty, um, pretty good the only thing that was like a little bit challenging was like on the events where they would be um like doing something and then they would go out and run the lap like the sound was just a little bit off so like you would hear it quiet and then loud quiet then loud so that part was just a little bit um kind of hard to watch um and then the other parts which I think live would be super cool but the evening events with the lights Like that looks super cool. Like if you were working out, but I wonder. Like for me, I'm thinking, man, that looks really hard to see as an athlete. So I'm just wondering if it was harder, um, because of the broadcast. Like if it's just much darker for us when we're watching it. I don't know what if you had the same perspective or not.
2: Yeah, I. So here's my my conflict with the whole bit, right? I think that it is one of the the coolest settings for a CrossFit event. Uh, Miami, the beach, the bay, the whole bit. But with that broadcast wise you're gonna be limited some right? sure. And especially the way that that floor is set up where it's so wide um, yeah it's hard to get it like a wide perspective that makes sense for people. Um, but I thought they did the best with what they had and the, the the flashing lights and the and the club scene is that is the vibe of Miami, right? Oh, totally for sure. And so I, I don't want them to take that away from what that is but but you are right it may it does make it a little bit harder to see who's who uh and kind of follow it when you're watching it at home
0: yeah that's why I I would love to have the perspective of being there live to kind of see what it's like there versus just seeing it broadcasted because I'm sure it feels totally different when you're there and and in, in that atmosphere but I absolutely I think this is one of my favorite events ever um well, Not only do I go ahead.
2: Oh no, I was just gonna say. Well, let's go live next year, and then we can test. Okay. and Do a compare and contrast.
0: I, th- I think that would make the most sense, obviously. <laughs> um, especially this time of year. Um, but the thing I like, I mean, most about the event is like, of course, it's Miami, it's it's South Beach, it's gorgeous, you know, all of that. But what I love too about this event is that they there are so many different. Uh, levels. You know, they have the adaptive level. That's, that's really well known there. They have the intermediate level. They have the teams level, the elites and um, the beginners and the scaled. And so I just love that this whole huge competition, of course, we're just mostly talking about the elite, but that this is a competition really for everybody.
2: Yeah, it is. And actually um, the first day I watched an event that I really thought was cool and it was called the face off. I don't know if you had any chance to look at that at all. It was Olympic lifting, but there were two platforms and basically yes. you're facing one another. Yeah. You go, I go and we see who gets the highest total. Whoever wins moves on to the next bracket. Yeah. I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, I just I just really was really impressed with the whole event overall.
2: Yeah. Me too. I I think that Loud and Live does a great job and uh, what I'm excited to see what they do with granite games and the other three that they're just starting. Uh, Cause you know, when O'Keefe was on with us, he said, it's going to have the same feel. They're going to have right um, the, that community um, competition feel too.
0: And let's talk about how crazy though the weather was this weekend. Like, yeah. I mean, you're in Miami, you've got, you've got the sun, you've got the heat, but there was a lot of wind there this weekend, there was a lot of rain. I mean, them squeegeeing off the floor and then having to make adjustments in that final heat. Um, yeah, there was that definitely, um, when you have an outdoor, all outdoor event like that, that's definitely throw some, some punches in there, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, being a former Floridian for a couple years, mm-hmm. um, that's what Florida is, right? It right. Re- it rains every day in Florida. Yeah, um, it just dries immediately because it immediately gets hot and humid, and um, so yeah, it it's cool because they kind of have to deal with a lot of different elements. And I we were actually talking. I was talking with a friend of mine last night. You know, at our gym, people are like, "Well, I want this bar because it's taped and it's got this." <laughs> yeah. You know, what if we take a fire hose and just wet it all down, then go for it? Right, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I think that does it brings an element in that's kind of cool too. You know, you got you have to deal with what's thrown at you. That's CrossFit. Prepare for the unknown. Right. So, what did you think of the events themselves? The the workouts themselves.
0: Yeah, I thought they were really interesting. You know, I like I like trippers. So you know, watching the final event was fun. Um, although you know heavier wall balls and, and definitely higher box jump overs. Um, you know, I was looking at that, like, "Ah, I like parts of this workout for myself, but there's parts I don't want to do. Um, but I, I like that that final chipper workout. The one I found that was interesting was when they were doing the deadlift and burpees, how they um, were using the metal plates and doing it on the concrete. That was definitely, I think a lo- nice little twist because we've talked about, yeah, how people will take advantage of that bounce off of a deadlift. And so I thought that was a neat twist.
2: Yeah. I like, I like that a lot. Um, and Valner even said when he was done that it, it definitely changed much harder to pull from the bottom each rep uh, with the metal plates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I liked shark bait, you know, being a former swimmer. Uh, yeah. And and I yeah. love my favorite part. And, and my wife and I were kind of talking about this. They just need to leave a, leave a camera on the end of the dock to see how everybody enters because it is so funny. <laughs> you know, some people run down and they do like the perfect swan dive boom into the water and go But there were so many belly flops and cannonballs and like
0: just get in there as fast as you can,
2: yeah. Oh, it was so funny, but yeah. Well, actually,
0: them coming out of the water was pretty funny too. I even said to (laughs) to Scott, I was like, I want to see them throw some elbows at each other just coming out of the water.
2: Right. There was a there was a in the elite women, the one tried to come up on the side instead of on the front of the dock, and she she got pushed, pushed right back in the water. Yeah. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I and I love the D ball thing. I thought that was pretty cool, um, for
0: sure. Yeah. And I, and
2: I like the strategy of do you put a shirt on so that your arms are dry?
0: Right. That was that was very interesting.
2: Yeah. And then yeah. you know the 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 loose was good with the ruck. Um, I thought that was a, a good use of the ruck bag. Um, mm-hmm. I I love the the power output of the the assault bike uh, overhead overhead walking lunge. What?
0: Yeah, that was a quick, that was quick. Yeah.
2: So uh, let's get to the results. Okay, let's do it. So um, the the largest point margin was the female side. Um, yeah. And that was Tia Claire Toomey won the event. Um, yeah. Sarah gave her a push for a little bit. She did. Which, which I think was good to see.
0: For sure. And and she looked pretty composed the whole weekend.
2: Right. And then Carrie Pierce uh, finished now, a really strong third.
0: She she was really strong this weekend. I re, I thought she she had a great showing.
2: And our local girl, Amanda Barnhart, was fourth. Yes. Uh, but when we look at um, who got the bid for the games, it trickled all the way down to 10th place. That's how stacked this field was. That's right. Um, and 10th place, the bid went to Emily Rolfe. She, she actually went last year, uh, to, to the games. Um, and just as a little side note, I've, I've mentioned Nate Edwardson's day in the life series that he does uh, as one of my favorite things from the internet. He actually does one with her. Uh, and she is a full-time working nurse and she lives in an apartment. So instead of having a garage gym in the parking garage, instead of using her, um, parking spot as a car for her car, she has yeah. a rig. Oh wow! And all of her weights kind of stacked there, and she works out in the parking garage. That's awesome. <laughs> wow! So, so if you want to see that, it's in that day in the life series, and it's pretty funny.
0: But and she was pretty close all weekend with, um, with Colleen Fouch.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean they were they were pretty close. Um, with that ticket and you know I was was disappointed I mean I'm happy for them disappointed with that Jessica Griffith didn't get her ticket but you know she even commented that there was some miscommunication um, with the rope climb event and and that she um, you know just wasn't really able to to get that those points made up so
2: yeah she didn't she didn't finish in a lot of the events where I thought she should yeah Uh, yeah but you know, she's just coming back to individual competition. Maybe it's just going to take a little bit of time. So there's plenty more sanctionals for her to try.
0: That's true. That's true. So, so let's, let's talk about the
2: guys. The guys. The so guys. Th- this one came right down to the last event. Yes, The it did. last movement. And Mr. Vellner jumped immediately to the pull-up rig and to do his bar muscle-ups. And Cole yep. Sager took a second to chalk up. And that was the difference.
0: That was the difference. Yeah. But if they, well, even, well, even if they tied, it would, it was going to come down to who had the, the best. The tiebreaker was the best
2: finish, right? Right. Which was Vellner,
0: which was Vellner because he, um, he actually had finished first in an event and Cole Sager had not. Is that correct?
2: Correct. Okay. Pat, Patrick Vellner won, ended up winning three events actually. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and it, I thought that one of the funny things were, and um, that Cole Sager has not won an elite men's competition since 2014. Wow. When he won his region back then. Okay. Um. And so, but he was right there. I mean, he was right there with Patrick Vellner, one of the best in the game.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh. So he... he he did really well.
0: But that's what's also interesting. Like, if you think about that, like he took second, he was in first, you know, biding for first and he didn't win one event. Right. You know that? I mean, that's just, that's just pretty interesting. How about how the point systems work and that Vellner won three events and possibly would have taken second.
2: It's yeah. It's the, the consistency versus, you know, you know, yeah. the Scott Pancheck versus um, Matt Frazier, right? Yeah. Mr. Consistent or do you go go all in? Well, and so then the third place was, and I, you know, Noah Olson is a very fit individual. He's the second fittest man in the world. You know, yep. he, he can do a lot of amazing things.
0: Yep. And that,
2: yep. that hair was yeah. atrocious.
0: Okay. Here's what I want to discuss about that hair. I understand, and I'm not against the man bun, but see, for me, the man bun is because your hair is so long that you need to pull it up and out of your way, right? Like I've got long hair. When I work out, I put it up up in a ponytail, except his is only just long in parts. And so let's just put it in a tight little knot on the top of your head. To me, I'm just not a fan of what that looks like. And then he even had a little French braid going on in there on one of the events so i'm just not a fan aesthetically of the hair
2: yeah i I have to agree with you it it was almost distracting yes it was Um, but but besides that he did finish third he won some prize money um and did really well so we we congratulate him on that maybe with the prize money he can get a haircut well
0: or, you know, maybe he's just deciding, nah, I'm just gonna roll with this hair. And maybe that works for him. That's you know what? It's totally up to him. I'm just giving my opinion about it.
2: Okay. So then we get to fourth place. And that's that's our boy. Uh friend yep. of the friend of the show. Yeah. Uh episode six, our first athlete interview, uh, Saxon Pancheck. Uh and so
0: he, so excited he got his ticket.
2: And he gets his ticket to to Madison. Uh, And so he's in and now he can relax the rest of the season uh, and enjoy his new bride.
0: That's right. And it was so cool watching him and Spencer be so close neck and neck.
2: Yeah, I'm sure Spencer doesn't feel that way.
0: I know. I was wondering how (laughs) that works out for them. It's like. But you know what is so fascinating too is like watching them on the deadlift burpee one is that they were almost so synchronized on that, and, and it just totally makes sense. I mean they're they're training partners, yeah. right? So I mean like they push each other, and so I, I bet being right next to each other I bet maybe isn't helpful for them. Maybe they need to be separated. I don't know. Yeah. They've been next to each other all their lives. <laughs>
2: Well, the nice thing is one of them has checked, checked off the, the game's ticket. Yeah. Now they can all push for Spencer to get his ticket. That's right. All right. So let's finish up with teams uh, where it was very dramatic. Yes. Um, Mayhem freedom almost got upset. They almost it. almost. Yeah. Uh, they, it was 0.03 seconds. They clicked the button before wit, which wow. preserved their two point win over Gowads.
0: yeah,
2: it was close. Yeah, so Gowads, you know, they're they're a tough team. You know, yeah. it's it's basically OC Three Black with Street Horner, um, because it was Luke Schaefer and then the girls from OC Three Black with yeah. Street Horner, um, right. You know, they're and they they've beat May OC three black beat Mayhem at Rogue last year. That's right. So it's not it's not out of the realm that that they could do. That it. could happen. Yeah. Right. But so I think I think that was good for Mayhem with with now having Scott. What? How was he going to react with the team under in a push? Yeah, like under
0: that pressure. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah. So that yeah. was really good. Um, and happy for China since we had her husband on this episode. Yes. You know, so that, that you, works out well for us.
0: Did you also see his Instagram post about the food in the hotel?
2: I did not. Oh, my oh gosh, yes, pretty, I did.
0: Yes, I did. With with all the pop tarts and cereal for his was, was for the games athletes.
2: Right. And he's trying to do a carnivore diet. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> that yeah. cracked me up. He said, this is not conducive. Yeah. Not conducive to that. Yep. Um. So then, um, it was Go Wad, then Wit with Sam Briggs. Uh, yeah. Heard of her once or twice.
0: Just a few times.
2: And then fourth place is where the ticket goes because he, Go Wad and Wit were just doing it for fun and prizes. Um, yeah. And so the fourth place team actually gets the bid for the games and Mayhem puts a second team in. Yeah. Independence. Yeah. So uh, Rich will have two teams going uh, to the games this year.
0: Well, and this is also what I find like really, this is what I, we've talked on and off on all of our um, podcasts about is CrossFit in a better place or, you know, throughout the times. And the one thing I do have to say I like about the sanctionals is it does make it fun to watch for it's not just all about the top leaderboard, right? You get to root for people that aren't necessarily podium because they do get a ticket to the games. And so I think that that also makes it fun for some of those, um, for some of the other people, you know, when you're watching.
2: You know, I was listening back to the Sean Woodland interview uh, just this morning and, or maybe it was yesterday, it all blurs together. Uh, Just for our audience to know, Amy and I are both um, with the (laughs) MASH unit this weekend. Uh, We came down with something funky and... uh, I've been...
0: 24 plus hours on the couch. Yeah. This whole weekend.
2: Yeah. Uh, I slept for like 11 hours last night, which I never do. Um, and so we're hanging on by a thread, but we watched Wadapalooza for you.
0: Yes, we did.
2: <laughs> um, but I was listening back to the Sean Woodland interview, and, you know, he makes a great point where there are sanctionals that do it really, really well. And yeah. Wadapalooza is one of them. And when you yeah. watch that, you think, man, we are in a really good space. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But I but if you go back to the weekend of Pandaland and right. the yeah. South Southland throwdown, I think it was. And we were just like, man, it was almost unwatchable. hmm Um now it was good for those areas of the of the world to be able to have that, but man, you're right. You ride the high during the water Mm-hmm. Uh, and hopefully we can we can make it a season where it's all that, right?
0: Right. Well, let's just hope that we're making progress and we're getting there.
2: So that is your Wadapalooza Preview, um, and our preview. Gosh, see, I. Matt Mash up. Unit. Yeah, that was the wrap up. We're not. We're not starting again. Um, That was the wrap up. And we're actually going to cut this episode a little bit short. We will bring you uh, the best thing we saw from the Internet on the next episode. Uh, But and hopefully we'll have Charlie with us then. Bath time should be over.
0: I I would think so.
2: Yeah. Um, But with that, we will call it a night and we will see you next time on the Clydesdale Crossfitter and Friends. Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.